Hi, you're listening to the Authorised Podcast. I'm Harry Reardon. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. King Reardon, on Twitch at Carlos Sparkers. Don't laugh. And all the rest of the links are down below. You can also support us on Patreon. I really appreciate Anything helps. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. You're listening to the Authorised Podcast. I'm Harry Reardon. Thank you so much. for H.C. Newell, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is H.C. Newell. I am the author of the soon-to-be-published uh, book series, the Fallen Light series. The first book will be called Curse of the Fallen. It is an epic fantasy series for about seven years now. Oh, well, it's a series, so there's going to be six books in the series, and then I have three planned novellas, which are going to follow. One's going to be a prequel, and then the other are going to follow other characters as they go in and out of the main story. That's amazing. What what got you into what got you into the epic fantasy Hon- thing? Honestly, it was my husband. So before I ever met him, um, I I always enjoyed writing. And I enjoyed writing screenplays or just little stories. I, I had before laptops, I had a that I would just put all my stories in, and everybody in school loved them. Um, well, my friends anyway. But um, whenever I met him, I sort of fell out of it, you know, first love sort of thing. So I picked it back up about four years later, and he was really into fantasy stuff, and he got me into it. So I was in this writer's block for years, not knowing what to write about, and he came up with a suggestion doing some sort of fantasy thing I can't even remember what he said at first but it just sort of clicked in my head and I started it and I I wrote this really cringy young adult novel mine was just so cringy it was so bad but that was my first version of the story and I've rewritten it five times until what it is now <laughs> that's some that's amazing what sort of fantasy is he, what sort of fantasy was he into what um I mean he's really he's really a huge gamer so really I mean, he really loves like Final Fantasy games and Skyrim, Lord of the Rings, things like that. Just actual good traditional fantasy type stuff, and it really works. Um, I guess let me see what I'm trying to say. He was he was really the inspiration for um, my writing style, I guess. Because when people read my story, they say it feels more like traditional fantasy, not the new one where there's plot twist after plot twist after after plot twist. It's really quest driven it's really um plot driven but it's huge you know there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery things that happen in the first book don't even come out or you don't come back to the places until book five things like that so everything's really woven together nicely i think that's amazing i had uh an idea for a fantasy i had an idea for because i love that like skyrim i i sunk I still do. I put so many hours into that game, and I lo- I love the idea of being able to build my own world and do my own thing. But it's a task, especially what you've done. How so? How big? How big is each each book? Um, well, I've only written up to book three, and they're just first drafts. So the finalized book one is about eighty five thousand words. So it's actually pretty small for an epic fantasy. Um, but they're all around that same range, around eighty five to ninety thousand words. Um, I think book one has 34 chapters in it, and then it's going to have um, chapter one of book two at the end for everyone to kind of get invested in that story before it publishes. Absolutely. And are you going self-published or traditional? Um, I'm going into both, and I am going to self-publish for myself. There's just a lot of pros and cons to both of them, and I just felt for me and the creative freedom and the um, perfectionism that I have for my work being the way I want it. <laughs> 
self-published is yeah. definitely the way I want to. Oh, absolutely. And t- today we've got, like, you've got access on the computer now to, to do all of the work yourself in, in a sense where, for me, the biggest thing was I couldn't have somebody come in and say, you need to take this out or you need to edit this or I don't like this. That, like, we were talking beforehand about, like, <laughs> things that irritate you and <laughs> nitpicking. Like that, uh, in, just the thought of it was like, oh, that's going to be an issue. So I did the same thing with the self-publishing route because it just it's just easier, isn't it? You have that control. It's easier, but it's harder. Um, you know, there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of pros and cons to both. Um, the only thing that comes with self-publishing is the stigma that anyone can self-publish, so you're not a real published author. Um, and I've actually come into that a lot whenever I try to collaborate with other self-published authors because you do get this sense of um, I can do it myself it's easy they, they take the easy route a lot of people tend to take the easy route and the people that really go for it and they spend the money and they spend the time and they do all the work and they research marketing and they they really try they're kind of overlooked a lot of the time because of the people who go the easy way not that there's anything wrong with going the easy way but it can definitely show in your writing when you've really taken the time to invest yourself and invest your money and invest your time into making this as good as you possibly can i I love it though in in the same sense because yeah there is there is a stigma but and pros and cons the the biggest one was advertising no i had no idea the monumental task that advertising would be like (laughs) once you think that yeah you've got it published now you're like yes it's great you have a celebration and then it's like okay now i've got i've got to do this and that is terrifying how are you going about the advertising route i really started researching a lot of marketing um it's really difficult I was a photographer for a few years. It's one of the worst things. I am not good at it. I don't understand it. Social media and me just do not get along. I'm 27, but I'm too old for social media. I just don't understand it. So it's really trying to, I've taken free online classes. I've looked up a bunch of stuff online on YouTube and things like that. So um, for me, what I'm going to try to do, of course, is targeted ads. Um, I'm also going to reach out to podcasters and reviewers and people that can really get help to get my name out there Um, I'm really looking to get honest feedback not pay someone for a review but send them my book I want to know what they think so they can let others know because if it's honest people are going to resonate with that they're going to be able to tell and they'll be more likely to purchase it if if it's a good review certainly I reached out to uh, I reached out to a youtuber who does uh, book reviews and he's got like 15 followers I think like very very small but he is consistent with his work and i've followed him for ages and i listened to the it doesn't get a lot of views but i reached out to and to a few other people and it, i just i never heard anything back but i love the idea of that like being able to to sort of speak to other people having good people around you as well that are honest like i re, i don't know about how your writing style is but when i write a chapter i probably rewrite it 50 times and uh, my fiance, uh, my partner, sh- she's super patient. Like every time I rewrote it, I was like, "Do you mind listening? Do you reading it again?" And she was so good. In like, in never once did she go, "Oh, she just like straight on it." And I think having that around you is a massive help. Oh yeah, definitely. So these books, I told my husband when I started that they are written for him. So I don't want him to actually read them until they're finished. Um, so it's been really hard because I did all of this basically by myself. Um, my cousin, she also writes just kind of for fun. So we even took creative writing classes in high school together and stuff. Um, 
So she would read my chapters and she helped me, but the final book, um, she hasn't helped me in a while because she's got her own family and things to do, um, which is fine for me to have to do this by myself. And it's very difficult. So if there are any authors out there who are listening, find a writing partner. I have found one um, on a Facebook group, actually. I made a Facebook group for my book and I advertised it. And this fantasy reader, he's very, very big into fantasy books. He messaged me and he was like, hey, can I read your first chapter? So I let him and he has helped me read so much about my books. He's a reader that I don't know that doesn't know the story. Who's giving me honest feedback like, whoa, why did you say this? Or this is cringy or this doesn't work here. So and it, he's not charging me anything. And I don't know why, because he's amazing. But I mean, really, <laughs> and, and my yeah. biggest thing for authors, if anyone's listening that is an author or wants to be, is to get a writing partner, not someone that will write it for you, but someone that you can bounce ideas off with, someone that will read and help you, you know, streamline your plot, find plot holes, someone um, that's really in, as invested in the story as you are. And that, they're hard to come by, but when you find that person, and I just found this guy by chance, um, I don't even know how we met, I don't know how he found me really, and I wasn't even going to respond back to him because I was like, eh, I don't know this guy, but I took a chance and it's he's like one of my best friends now. It's been life changing. So props to him. His name is Keith and he has really helped me to make this story so great. He's actually the one that told me about this podcast. <laughs> oh, I was about, I was about to ask. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> it's it's a great idea. I I spoke to my partner recently because I wanted I say recently, it was about two years ago. I have a tendency <laughs> to do that. I wanted to start a writer's collective where I'd say like a handful of people, max, like four or five, depends on your hand, and where everyone could bounce ideas off each other and we could sort of help each other. And Because I've got a million and one ideas and I had, my partner had to just tell me to stop. She's like, you just focus on the one that you're doing and come back to the rest. So I have a notepad with me all the time. And I was like, if I can get some form of collective, not so that they can write it for me, but so that we could bounce off ideas off each other and you have that feedback and you've got that that working group. I think that's fantastic. If you've got that with someone, I think that's phenomenal. I do have to ask, what's with the the name, the shortened um, name? I'm a very private person. I don't want anyone to be looking me up on social media. <laughs> um, I actually even have my personal social media taken off of search engines so that no one can. I don't know why. I don't have anything crazy on there. I just don't really like the idea of people looking me up that I don't know um, in my personal life, at least. So I have um, a pen name. Also, I know that there's a stigma on women writing fantasy. A lot of people don't purchase fantasy novels, um, like epic fantasy. You know, young adult is more for what women write. That's where the women have the majority. But in fantasy, they don't really. So I didn't really want to off put any readers because I am a woman. So I just figured it would be best to to just kind of shorten it, hyphenate it a little bit, um, just for really my own, you know, personal safety, I guess. I don't know. I watch too much, uh, too much true crime to put my name out there. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I fully get it. I, I'm obsessed with true crime. I, I blitzed Mindhunter and then I went found the books and like now I, my, my youtube is mostly it's, it's films and tv oh or true crime and I, I just it's it's one of those the problem is it's a rabbit hole yeah. once you're in it like <laughs> it's, it, i can't get out like and then i'll be 
I'll talk to family or friends and I'm like, oh, that reminds me of a true crime that I listened to. And they're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> or my sister got me into <laughs> Bailey Theory and she's on YouTube. She does makeup and tells true crime. And I'm like, girl, why is your real name on your channel? Get that off. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, Bella Fiore, there's there's so many of these amazing people of that chapter. There's so many of these amazing people that do multiple things. Like, but it's like the makeup store. It's the, it, and then it's then it's just oh, here's a few people that are butchered. <laughs> Enjoy that. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Another um a great a great one who who is writing epic fantasy who I had on before was Tahani Nelson. Have you? I don't suppose have you I ever spoken to her? Oh, she's fantastic. She wears this this battle armor, <laughs> and I, I just. I don't. I just think it's amazing. She's just like, yeah, I don't care. I do what I want. Oh, yeah, I love awesome. that kind of that kind of thing. So, so what is your what is your uh, writing process? What what keeps you well, keeps you going? Um, for one, the biggest thing is that I don't have children, so I have a lot of time. I am married, but um, I have a lot of time to write, and I work from home, so I can also kind of write while I'm working. Um, so I honestly typically write probably six to eight hours every single day, and yeah, sometimes it oh, wow. is all at once or it straggles throughout the day. Um, but I, I have tried and everyone has their own process. Everyone has different things that work. I have bought templates from Etsy, which are really great. I've looked up, um, templates or, or different writing styles. I guess, you know, like, um, outlining chapters before you write them and things like that. A lot of those didn't really work for me. It kind of had me overthinking the details. I've been working in the story for a long time, and it's six books long. It's an entire fantasy world that's just, it's got a whole um, magic system. It has a whole, I can't even think of the word again. Not a kingdom. It's ran, it's ran no, by um, a religious. So it has a whole religion. It's got a whole, it's got seven or eight, I think, different races, and they all have their own culture, and they all have their own backstories. And so it's that's kind of what I did. I wrote, I, myself, my... My process when I was writing, what I felt worked best for me was to write short stories for every main character, for every race, for every major town, for the world. I wrote backstories and made them into short stories for everyone. Because filling out a questionnaire with what's their favorite color, what's their occupation, that didn't really work for me. So I just went and I just wrote an entire short story. It was about four or five pages each for every antagonist, every character all that and then i sort of weave them all together it's very jr tolkien isn't it he i was reading about him recently he gave every race has got a backstory every race has got their own religion their own and i love that that level of detail i think that's fantastic when you because it gives life to a character oh yeah definitely that was my play i i as i said i've written the first book I think five or six times full printed it out done full manuscript printed and done completion of the first book five to six times and every time it was different because I never felt right about it and it's because to me the story didn't have depth it wasn't three-dimensional it was very two-dimensional so I wanted to give that level of depth um, just even with little things that people don't notice right now I'm working on the prequel to book one um, and in the prequel you come to places that you see in book one Right. And it's 10 years in the past, though. So the prequel is 10 years before the first book. And in the prequel, there are places that aren't as built up as they are in book one. So there's only like two buildings there when in book one there was like five or six buildings. So it's just little things like that that are real life 
situations that the reader won't actually notice or take mental note of, if that makes sense. No, I, th- I think it's fantastic. I mean, I love I love things like that where you can, well, you've got the opportunity because it's your story. Uh, <laughs> I was a, uh, uh, I was a boxer at one point. <laughs> no, good one. I was more of a punching bag. I was really, I was really good at taking a beating. And we had to do, we had to do these like these interviews. And in yeah, there's two types. You got one in one in front of the camera, and they're like, "What are you gonna do?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm gonna box." <laughs> <laughs> and it's awful because the other the other guy, I had like stare downs, and they're like they're looking at you, and they're like really in your eyes. And and I just I just remember being there thinking, I I don't know what's going on. They're like they're 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 so psyched up, and they're all ripped, and they're full of abs and stuff, and. I remember I was having a stare down and that, and you had to, the cameras were there, and all I could think in my head was like, "What am I going to do after? Might go get some, yeah, get some food or something." And I remember looking at the guy, and he's got these evil eyes, and I <laughs> just, I can't remember where I was going with that. Oh yeah, when I look back on them, when I look back on them, I can see how disconnected I am because, like, I try to avoid the majority of them. There's a photo that lives on the dark side of the internet of me between the two models. You had to take a picture with. And I'm ch- chubby and pale in the middle, and these two tanned, beautiful women are stood next to me. And I remember apologising because I'm like, I shouldn't have to do this. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, so yeah, the, the the stuff that I do once it's out, I just uh, that's the terrifying thing about books. I find is once once it's out, well, as like a podcast, I can just leave it. But once you've got a book out, the, and you see the reviews, right. it's a completely different <laughs> thing. Like, are you are you are you prepared for that um, sort of that because some of them are i don't wrong it, like reviews are review and it's subjective so you can kind of go you take it at what it is and you, you use it as an opportunity to learn from it some people yeah, are i'm prepared for that i mean it comes with the territory i'm confident enough in my book to know that it is a, a good grounded book i'm not going to say sit here and say it's the best book in the world but i myself feel confident enough Right. No. I mean, um, but that's the reason I didn't publish the other books that I wrote. Um, I kept rewriting them because so I was like, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. This one feels right to me. This one, I don't think that there are very many flaws that I have found. A lot of my readers that are into fantasy really love it. It's been getting really good reviews from them. But there are also people, beta readers, for example, who um, who read your book before it's published and kind of give you their opinion to help you really, really reconstruct it a little um before the finalized production some of them have been really confused um you know they my book is not very straightforward it's very you have to pay attention to read it there's a lot of mystery there are a lot of connected things and some people they they can't really follow it very well and you can tell when people read fantasy or not because the people that don't follow it very well every time i ask them they always say no they don't read fantasy um so you'll i'll I'm sure I'm going to get people like that who are like, this book is confusing. It doesn't make any sense. The characters are doing this and I don't know why. Um, and that's fine. You know, this book is not for everyone and it's definitely meant for fantasy readers, but I'm wholeheartedly expecting um, some reviews like that. Or um, there's a very negative connotation when it comes to the religion that oversees the world. So I'm sure I'm going to get some feedback on that as well. Um, cause people like to pull their own morals and their own beliefs into a work of fiction. And then they like to tie that work of fiction to what the author actually believes. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking, not looking forward. I'm, uh, you know, trying to say, 
I am expecting, I'm expecting that type of feedback yeah. from people. And, you know, it, it, it just comes with it when you put yourself out there and you give it your all and you, you try as hard as you can. There, there are just mean people out there who are just going to either be jealous or they're just they're just there to be a keyboard warrior and to nitpick every little thing. Um, or they just genuinely don't like it and they think that I need to work on it and that's fine. So it, it really comes with it. You have to just mentally be prepared for it. Um, I know that at least from a writer's standpoint and going through and talking to other authors who have also self-published is that bad reviews actually look better for you. Um, if you don't have too many of them, because it makes the um, the comment section look more real. You know, if you have a hundred reviews and every one of them are five stars, people are going to be like, "Wait a second, like this book isn't that good," you know? Yeah, no, of course. I, I think that's great. I mean, the keyboard warriors thing is is amazing in in the same sense though, because there is there's a ludicrousy to to some of them. I had a personal email that was a review that went on for for a long time, and when I got <laughs> near to the end, she said. Said, oh, I didn't read all of it. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, she's like, she literally read the first few chapters. Which, if you've seen my writing, a chapter is like two pages because I I bounce from thing to thing. So eventually, I I write a little bit, and I'm like, chapter, I'll come back. Like, and then so I was like, she probably wow. read five, ten pages. And like, that's yeah. I'm like, that's that's all good. I could take that, you know. But I, I think it's fantastic the way you're uh, the way you're um, approaching. How excited well, your husband read to read the first it? Book, but he hasn't read it since I've fixed it because I've had it gone. I've had it go through three rounds of editing. It's in the final stage of editing now. Um, and another thing that I want to say before I get into this is that if you are an author, do not skimp out on the editing. You have to spend money on your editing. I have spent almost three thousand dollars just on editing alone and you don't have to spend yeah you don't have to spend that much especially if you don't have it i i've saved a lot because i knew I'm, I'm, I'm a very i hold myself to extremely high standards um with my work like with my photography with my writing i hold myself to extremely high standards so i wanted my editor to also do the same but a lot of people you need to make sure that you get good yeah. editing find someone who is in your uh, genre who understands your genre and someone that has been working in the field that has good references to back them up there's been a lot of people who give their money to editors on facebook and then they come back and it's not even edited properly or they just never send them an edited document so they just take your money and run definitely make sure that you get good editing from a reputable source and that they are in your genre um and since i started saying that i forgot what your question was <laughs> <laughs> oh god me too i should have written it down <laughs> i do you know what i'll be honest i normally have a notepad with me all the time when i'm doing this so that i can write because i write questions as i go otherwise i do forget and uh oh no so I thought, i'm gonna free ball it and and i'm like i've just i've tried so like a lot of the time it's how bad my brain works is that i'm constantly I'm trying to pay attention and think of questions, like not think of questions, but I'm like, oh, I really want to ask about that, and then I just keep bouncing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, how, like the HC Newell, like your name, I had that ready from the from the get go, but it took me 15 minutes where I was like, but get, you'll get there, you'll get there. It's this is this. To be fair, if you listen to this podcast, you don't come here for the 100% professional because I can't, I can't, I can't do that. 
You come here for the nonsense and to learn from very smart. It's going to bother me now. What were you asking? You said, and I I started answering, I said first, and then I went to the editing. So it was something that has to do with editing. Oh, I was going to say, another great thing about this podcast is we, I have to, (laughs) I'm going to edit this out. There's just, oh, it's bad. No. I'm going to keep your chuckles in, but I'm going to edit out what I'm saying. And people are going to be like, she's What's going on? But uh, <laughs> the the editing side, I couldn't pay that much, and that's but but in my defence, I'm poor. So <laughs> no, like no, um, yeah, no, I do understand. You've got you've got to get that though, because since publishing, we've gone back and refixed it about sixteen times, just because I kept noticing new things, like where edited I edited it, edited it, <laughs> ed, 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 edited it. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the one. And then I sent it off to an author friend who is amazing, like phenomenal. His writing terrifies me because he sends me little chapters of stuff. His name's Ian Sputnik. If you're listening, go and find his books. They're terrifying. He he sends me these these chapters and he'll be like, oh, I just thought of this. And I'm like, oh, that's the most poetic, beautiful thing I've ever read. What are you going to do with that? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then you just move on to the next thing. I'm like, I would put, I would put that in every book. <laughs> I would like if I had a third of the talent. But, yeah. Something about God, reviews, I can't remember what the question and was. You asked something and I, I don't know if it was. Dang, what was it? <laughs> it had to do with either the between the reviews and editing, and I don't know why I got off on that tangent, but I just felt it was important because you can tell, you can definitely tell when a self-published author edits it themselves. I, oh, um, oh, I don't know. My reader really Keith that I, I was telling you about. He was suggesting for me, <laughs> thank you, Keith, for everything. Thank you, Keith. For mentioning this podcast to me. Um, but he he was suggesting, because I did not want to pay that much for editing. And it's one of the reasons also that I have put off publishing for so long, because it's expensive. It's very, very expensive. So this is in U.S. dollars. I don't know um, what that would round off to in uh, pounds or anything like that. But in U.S. dollars, it's been about... to $3,000 and that's total um, it was for a developmental edit a copy edit and then the proofreading Um, it's it's very expensive mine was probably more expensive than most people um, but that's because I like I said I I went with the best of the best and I went with reputable sources and I went with people who have years of experience in fantasy editing Um, so I paid top dollar for top dollar you don't have to pay that much but I what I was saying is he was suggesting for me to go with someone new that will be cheaper. And for me, that wouldn't work. And I don't suggest, and I, and not that I don't support new editors. I do. But if you're wanting to see sales results and if you are wanting to really put yourself out there and try to get as far as you can without having a traditional publisher, you need to use someone who has experience. Um, for my prequel, for example, I'll probably use someone a little newer just because it's not part of the main story. Um, but at least for my first book, I'm going all out and I'm doing as much as I possibly can. And for my second book, I'm going to do the same. And then after that, I'll already have the following that I need. And I'm probably going to have a lot more experience. So maybe by the time my third book is published, I'll be like, whoa, why am I suggesting to do this? But as a new author, this is what I am suggesting. Definitely make sure you get really good editing done. Um, save up for it. 
Yeah, save up for it. Don't edit it yourself. Even if you get someone new, don't edit it yourself. You have to have a different pair of eyes looking at it. People will be able to tell if you edit it yourself. They will. Yeah. No, I I, I get that. What is the um, what's the research that goes into writing fantasy? Did you pre prepare yourself like for the for the armor for the weaponry? I did you did you do any research in that sense? And bows and arrows than I ever expected to know in my entire life. And like saying it out loud, like just describing it to you now, I probably wouldn't be able to. But when I'm writing, it just comes out. And if I don't like, I had to know like you don't fire you know a bow and arrow you loose a bow and arrow or i guess maybe you could also shoot it but i don't even think that's really the right term um you know the fletchings and the shaft like that's so obvious to some people but i didn't know what any of that stuff was called so i had to look up all that i had to look up different techniques for sword fighting and um different i guess verbiage that's used because i didn't know any of it and there's um obviously there's it's a sword sorcery sort of it, that's not the type of fantasy that it is but it's got a bunch of swords it's kind of like game of thrones era i guess you could say um my book has been compared to the witcher series i don't know if anyone has ever watched or read that um, which is phenomenally amazing it's been it's been compared to that by three or four different readers who don't know each other so i am on cloud nine with that i love it i'm telling everyone that's what people compare my work to <laughs> Have you, no. have you ever fired a bow? Did you do that? That's all right. That's the thing. If if when you're doing that, you got you got to go out. You got to not just go out and fire a bow. You need to find somewhere safe. Like that's something I've been doing for years. Is uh, archery. I picked it up um, on holiday, and I saw it for whatever reason in the shop, and I was like, I'm <laughs> obsessed with Skyrim and the Green Arrow, like the comics. I've I've been reading since I was a kid, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, I'm getting the bow. <laughs> and uh yeah and it is it's such a strange thing because there's it's it's an odd learning curve and it's it's more it's not like the films like you're, you're never going to round off arrows like legolas i mean don't wrong, it looks fantastic and there's nothing wrong with that like i i love lord of the rings but there is there's there's a skill to it that does does take a while and it's yeah you don't yeah, fire yeah, it you, you yeah, almost release it release you know does that make sense yeah because you 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 pull it you pull it back to that point yeah and then once you're ready you just let go and you know and then you let you let it do its thing no <laughs> I, I can't remember what my original point was <laughs> and uh yeah the same thing about sword fighting i don't know uh, where your research was but uh one of the biggest things i found um i was looking this up because i have too much time on my hands is when a lot of people used to sword fight depended on the sword it wasn't mm-hmm. just clanking swords together because that would dull the blade. Right. So it was more like defensive, but that that might be just that well, might just I be did, certain. I didn't certain look up a lot of, I have no idea. Um, I looked I'll up a YouTube videos of people teaching how to sword fight and of um, like movies and just things like that. So I think because I am not good at battles, I'm mm. not good at writing fight scenes. They have turned out good since I've gotten um, better and since I have gotten my writing partner because he's really good at fight scenes. Um, and since I had it edited, it's they're they're much better than they were because they were awful it was literally they dance around each other and then he falls that was basically it was like four four words four by five scenes it was awful um but (laughs) i have looked up i've i've tried to incorporate um a lot of elements of because i don't want to put cultures that i'm not a part of in my book um but i tried to put elements of other cultures like the viking culture celtic culture things like that 
Um, I just really love that lifestyle and I love those cultures and I, I try to kind of incorporate a few elements from those um, just to add a little bit of depth, you know, in, in my world and in my characters. I had to look up a lot of magic systems. I had to look up just not only to give myself ideas, but um, you need to you need to understand fantasy to write it. You, I mean, you can make up your own stuff, but if you are wanting to reach an audience, they have expectations. And you need to know what those expectations are and then work off of those. Yeah. And f- I mean, fight scenes are hard. Fight scenes are incredibly hard. I couldn't imagine what goes into a uh, fantasy fight scene. I mean, I my newest book is that I'm working on is uh, about a boxer. She, she goes through an event, we'll call it, and it's more... It's like a really small personal story. I, I yeah. I'm, so I'm writing about a, a woman who essentially is readjusting to to life after a traumatic event. It's like a really small personal story, but it's something that I was like, I had this idea for, and I, I was like, I need, I need this. But coming from a boxing background, I've been doing mixed martial arts my whole life. I was like, this, this should be a, this should be a, like writing the battles or the fights should come easy for me and i was was like as i was writing them i'm like oh my god this is so hard i I couldn't imagine writing fantasy battle uh the swords is they are the worst part because it's a lot of repetition like a lot of um a lot of the same movements and a lot of the same words are used so that's where i really struggled like he ducked and he spun and he swung and he slashed and i hate sword fights i'm just going to be real with everyone i hate sword fights (laughs) Um, no. In in my first book, um, Mir is the main character, and she has a curse that ties her to the Order of Sorrow, who are the religious faction that I was mentioning earlier, who kind of oversees the human-led territories where she lives because she's human. But she, anytime she uses her magic, they can find her and they can track her, so she can't use it really in book one. She does. But most of the fights have to be with her sword or with her dagger. Um, and that was just so, it was so hard for me. I am not a sword fighting type of person. I don't like it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to write about it. I don't want to think about it. But whenever I write magic fights, it just, it comes so naturally. Because you can be so creative with that. So I really loved, I really loved when I would incorporate her magic because there's just this level of excitement Asian that into it that's so much better to me personally than swinging the sword. So it came off much easier yeah. for me to write the magic fighting. No, of course. So I had to ask you because of your um normally when I do a sign out I say your name and I say where can people find you? Can the people find you? Or are you yeah, so um, right now, I my website is still under development. As I said, I, I hold myself to way too high of standards, so I keep redoing it, and it's never perfect enough, and I don't want to pay anyone to do it because I've already spent so much. So I don't have a website yet, and I need one. But I do have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram because I, I don't understand Twitter. I just made it three days ago, and I don't get it. But, um, yeah, you can just search. It's just Facebook or Twitter instagram.com slash hc newell n-e-w-e-l-l um which is my pen name and that's where you can find me i will you know post um little trailers that kind of give a little bit more information on the order of sorrow the broken order brotherhood 
on some of the characters. I already have all of these trailers that I made. They're really quick. They're like 30 to 60 seconds long. Um, just to kind of give you guys a little more information on the story before you read it. Um, I also have, I've hand drew a map for my world. Um, I have it available on my Facebook page. It will be on my website also for download, for free download. And it'll of course be in the printed edition of the book in an ebook. And then I'm also adding a um, translation guide because there are different languages in the book. Um, so I will have translations for some of the recurring words that you would kind of need to know and how to pronounce them. So it's a little bit easier. One of the characters' names, and I did, I, this is actually a name from Witcher book, which um, kind of unfortunate, um, especially since people say that my book reminds them of the Witcher, but his name is Avalok, and it, it's one of my favorite names in the entire world, so I just had to use it. But people aren't going to know how to pronounce that when they read it. So I have a whole guide on how to pronounce names and things like that. And that is also on my Facebook. It will be on my website for free download as well. Nice one. And what I'll do as well is I will always drop the links in the description below where you can find me on Twitter at Mr. King Reardon. And um, no, I love I had to just plug that there. I love the, the idea of that because I did it watching watching the Spartacus series. It's one of my favorites of all time and there's a name in that which is sura which is s-u-r-a and i just loved it so much that I, i'm waiting for my opportunity to use it because i was like i love that name i think that's amazing yeah. but i've never heard it before which sounds really strange i was like but i need i need to put that in something. that is a really nice name but uh, <laughs> yeah i was like i was like i'm gonna use it i'm, I'm gonna find a a space or somewhere where i'm like well there's loads of names in there and in like various things where I hear and I, I've got a note, a notepad of pages of names where it sounds really strange, but I kept hearing stuff. I was working at a, uh, a place and we had like, there was like, it was like a call center. So it was just cool, 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 cool. And I was, I was just taking names. So I'm like, I love that. I'm just <laughs> going to use that. It's really odd. Thing. I was like, right, I'm rambling and we have to wrap it up. So I want to say, hey, senior, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. And I really hope I get a chance to talk to you again yeah, soon. Thank you so much. And my book will be releasing um, hopefully in April if everything goes well and gets approved, um, maybe on my birthday, April 16th. So just make sure that you guys follow the Instagram and Facebook. I'll have more information about my website and my email list, which will also have my official release date once it is approved and ready to go. Amazing. Thank you so much. I shall yeah, talk to you thank soon. Thank you so much for having Goodbye. me. Have a good one.